Simon and Wayne's Spiffing Review. With your hosts, Simon Jones and Wayne Bolt. Hello! Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Spiffing Review. I'm Simon Jones. And I'm Wayne Bolt. We've been away for quite a while due to slightly dubious scheduling, but we are now back with a review of Predators. Plus we've got a visit to the trailer park, as per usual. But first... Let's kick off with, have you done anything interesting this week? I've done a couple of interesting things this week. First of all, packing to go to the Latitude Festival, which mm-hmm. is this weekend. But also saw an absolute, what I like to call, a forehead palm movie. Um, Stonehenge Apocalypse. Sounds good. Yes, it is sort of good in one of those ironic ways. Does it do what the title suggests? Yes, Stonehenge is the cause of an apocalypse. It's all linked to um, electromagnetic pyramids which turn into volcanoes. But there aren't any pyramids at Stonehenge. No, but there are around the world. Ah, I see. It was on the Sci-Fi Channel. It was a straight-to Sci-Fi Channel movie. Um, Anything to do with the Underhenge and Doctor Who being imprisoned inside it? I don't think so. Mm, Okay. That could have been a good link there. Could have been. Anyway, what about you? Anything interesting, Simon? Well, I've been playing a computer game called Transformers War for Cybertron, which... In terms of gaming, isn't anything particularly remarkable, but what is notable is it gets the Transformers franchise far better than either of Michael Bay's films. And it's kind of interesting to see a game actually understanding the kind of core principles behind this and why fans like it far more than this big budget movie. So things are kind of switching around there, whereas normally, you know, the game stuff doesn't do it so well and the yeah. movie does. So, yes, recommended. Good, but not Michael Bay. No, not him. Okay. Um,. Since we were last uh, on the internet, uh, we've had a question sent in from a JB, who I believe resides in Northampton. Um, the question is, can Simon recommend some Marvel graphic novels that should be read before watching Iron Man 2? Yes, uh, from the question you can probably tell how long ago this question was sent in, but you know we like to answer them even if we're a bit late. So, the, the complicated thing with Marvel Comics is that they're very disparate and it's not like you can just say, oh, go and read the previous ten issues or something because there'll be five different versions of Iron Man, five different comics, different continuities depending whether you read from the 70s or the 80s or whatever. Yep. Um, but what people tend to recommend is a story called Demon in the Bottle which was focusing on Tony Stark's alcoholism and the problems that came in there. And I think that was kind of one of the first times that mainstream comics focused on like a real issue rather than... Uh, you know, a big bad guy trying to destroy the world. Yeah. Um, and obviously that stuff that's coming through in the films showing Tony Stark not quite dealing with his superheroic status. Um, also, I'd recommend the more recent Civil War storyline, which shows Tony Stark kind of facing off against Captain America, trying to decide whether to side with the government or with a more libertarian kind of stance. And that's all stuff that came about due to the kind of George Bush era of American politics. Uh, sort of transposed into comics, so that's quite interesting. And with Captain America coming up next year, I think, uh, it's probably good to get some background in there too. Uh, and the Avengers as well, that's, that's Marvel yes, related, they're isn't it? Yes, up to that. And uh, yeah, some controversy this week because it's been announced pretty much that Ed Norton won't be reprising his role as, Ed, uh, as Bruce Banner as in the Hulk, uh, which is a bit of a shame because obviously with the Hulk and Iron Man and Thor coming up, they're kind of supposedly building up this uh, continuity, but to lose one of the main actors before they get to the big culmination, which is the Avengers, kind of starts to defeat the whole point of it. But, yeah, you know, that's the realities of Hollywood being horrible. Yeah. Boo, hiss, Hollywood. Yes. So, moving on to the trailer park. 
Yeah, uh, normally, uh, as our uh, regular listeners will know, uh, we look at the trailers on the Apple website, on the but Apple movie not website. This week. Not this week, no, because uh, we've just come straight back from watching Predators, and there were some trailers there, so we thought we might as well look at them. Plus, there's also a listener's request, which yes. we'll get to at the end. So, the first trailer Resident Evil Afterlife. Yeah, have you seen any of the Resident Evil films? No. No, me neither. Uh, they've always looked fairly atrocious to me. I've not played the games. But no, neither have I. From, from what I've heard from people that have played the games, if uh, if you're a fan of the games, the movies look even worse. So, right. Yes. Uh, this new one, I think Mila Jovovich is back, and it looked like Hooray. possibly Ali Lata from Heroes, but it was hard to tell because everything had this sort of blue tint that was desperately trying to make the movie seem cool, but it was the kind of cool that stopped being cool in about 2002. Uh, there's even a but shot. That's still quite cool. Yeah, well, cool colour-wise. All oh, right. Okay. But there's even a shot of someone throwing sunglasses towards the camera. And that in, is in a, cool. In a kind of way to say, "Aren't we amazingly cool?" And it's all this kind of Matrix-inspired cool that I don't know. Just seems well, that naff. was done back then. Yeah. Okay. Just it, it didn't look bad though as a trailer for for a movie. It's the sort of thing which I'd probably watch rather than watching Stonehenge Apocalypse, for example. But that could be said for most things, surely. <laughs> yeah, for most things. Um, yeah, so, um, Gertie's for this one, then. Uh, sad face for me. Oh, I'm, I'm giving it an ambivalent face. I think you'll find this is common for most of mine tonight, because, as I said, I've just watched Stonehenge Apocalypse, <laughs> and most films are going to be better than that. Yeah, um, so, ambivalent face. It's kind of changed your scale of good to bad. <laughs> it it has, it? Yeah. yeah. Right, the next one, Expendables. Yes, they should Expendables. be noted this isn't really a trailer, it was more of a teaser trailer, in the... Um, I've actually seen much longer trailers on the internet for the last few months. Uh, I had not seen this one before, which was really short. Kind of had the voiceover from Sylvester Stallone yeah. and went through all the big names that are in it. Yeah, such as uh, such as Arnie and Bruce Willis and who else? Is Steve it? Austin. Jet, yeah, Jet Li. Yeah, loads of. Um, yeah, this is based Dolph. The, yeah, yeah, the, the, as in Dolph Lundgren, not as in Dolphin. No, no. Yes. Uh, yeah, this of course is the the Expendables is is the film which brings together all the action heroes in possibly one last hurrah. Um, yeah, it's a bit weird actually. There was a there was a thing saying for the first and only, and only time, time. It's like, are they all going to die immediately after? No, they might do, or, or they might not be reckoning on an Expendables two because then be. it's be not quite so Expendables, I suppose. Anyway, Gertie for this one. Uh, happy face, really. Yeah, I mean, happy face to me. I mean, they put a trailer for a film that brought together all the 80s action stars on the front of Predators. So, you know, it's going to work for that audience, basically. Yeah. Right, the third film, uh, Piranha. Now, this isn't the... Um, no, it may be a remake of the 1970s uh, uh, film called Piranha, uh, which was set in the Amazon, I think, and then uh, some piranhas went up into Florida or something like that. Um, and then Piranha 2, from the 80s, was directed by James Cameron. It's his first film. Was it really? It was. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, any other piranha facts? Uh, I think that's my only piranha fact, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. It's a good right. one, though. Anyway, so these piranhas uh, have uh, are two million years old or something, aren't they? Something like that. That. Was it Christopher Lloyd? Yes, he, he was involved. He was very involved. excited about yeah. it. Yeah. So what we basically got is uh, two million-year-old piranhas have turned up at a lake where um, American teen kids are all on holiday, have all gone, and, and they all sort of have... Well, you can just guess what's going to happen from here, can't you, really? Yeah, I mean, if, if you like seeing American teenagers being eaten by piranhas, it's going to be quite a good film. The The CG piranhas look pretty crappy. Yeah. But it did look like it had quite a good sense of humour. Yeah, and that's how that is the case. So, um, yeah, it, it looks like one of these... 
you probably watch it on on TV kind yeah. of things. I don't. I'd go to the cinema to see it. I think anyway, it's, it's possible those films that won't last the whole length of the film. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've probably seen the best bits of it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, ambivalent face for me because it could be quite a laugh, but I'm probably not going to pay to see it. Now I've given it a smiley face, but it's an ironic smiley face, much in the same way as I forced myself to watch through Stonehenge Apocalypse right. and other such movies like that. So. Ironically smiley. Okay, well, going from a comedic horror film to a more serious horror film called Splice. Yes, this is all about uh, genetic engineering, isn't it? Yes, looks like things. And Uh, melding different genetics from different animals together, uh, resulting in some curious creature. Yeah, now there was a television programme in ITV back in the 90s called Chimera, which did basically the same sort of thing. Um, Now, this is obviously completely... A separate. Well, I say obviously. I'm assuming this is a, a separate entity from, from that production, and I can't really remember much about the TV show either, so I can't really compare it. It's a good anecdote, though. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah. Oh, I thought I'd try and throw it in. We'll see if we can get any other facts in there. Excellent. Um, Did you know that Chimera Two was directed by James Cameron? That's not true. That's not true. No. I would have believed you. I know. Anyway, um, yeah. So Splice. Um, well, basically, it's stupid scientists, and I say that quite generally. Yeah, who have uh, never watched any science fiction or horror <laughs> yeah, movies. I go, and wouldn't it be a good idea to try and, like, cross-fertilise no! um, birds and humans? It's a terrible idea. And it looks like a terrible film. I actually thought it looked interesting. Really? I've seen one trailer before which really didn't work for me, but this one looked a bit more interesting. It reminded me a bit of Cronenberg's The Fly, in that it's this kind of mixture of horror, but trying to make it a bit more interesting right there there were a few shots in the trailer that kind of hinted at maybe a more interesting deeper film Um, but most of the trailer presented it as a very generic monster movie but there were a few bits where it looked like maybe they're actually going to Give the monsters some characterisation. Oh, okay. So, well, maybe, maybe as we said before, um, when doing stuff in the trailer park, you know, we we might get quite damning about what the film looks like. But that was once again a failure of the trailer. So in this case, for me, the trailers didn't work. They didn't sell it mm, to me at all. No. And you know, we were there ready to watch Predators, so that gives you some sort of idea as to um, the sort of target audience. So Gertie's that's a I think that's a sad face for me. Okay, it's actually a smiley face for me. Um, but I would agree the trailer didn't do a great job, and it showed far too much as well. Okay, right, and the last trailer in the trailer park is a listener request, and this request came in from Chris Bedett of Norwich, uh, and it was for the film Machete. Yes, starring Danny Trejo and directed by Robert Rodriguez. And it's also uh, seems to have been a vehicle for a couple of uh, ex-stars of Lost, including Jeff Fahey, it's back time we saw him back in a, in a motion uh, a movie, uh, who of course was Frank Lapidus. Now... Frank, Frank the penis. Lapidus. Right. L- yeah. Lapidus. Um, he's got a very hairy chest. Oh, you didn't see it in the trailer. Is that why you like him? It, no, it's not why I like him. It's just one right. of the one of the things from Lost which everyone noted about him. Okay. He's shut open. Uh, anyway. Well, maybe Rob Rodriguez saw that and went, he's got a hairy chest. I better put him in my next film. Yeah. Okay, well done. And also it's got Michelle Rodriguez, who of course is Anna Lucia. Yes. Uh, from Lost as well. Yes. Anyway, that's... Um, Your lost obsession. Must be lost obsession. <laughs> over and done with. Um, so Machete. Yes, it's about a... Um, well, it's like a revenge exploitation Exploit- type movie. Yeah. I think this actually spun out of one of the fake trailers that accompanied the Grindhouse movie that Rodriguez did with Tarantino. And there was like oh, really? a two-minute pretend trailer for this film called Machete starring Danny Trejo. And 
presumably Rodriguez then went actually yeah because that's quite fun Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and a lot of the Shaun of the Dead lot yes, all did they all little contributed trailer, they? little trailers yeah um, so this particular one has kind of exploded into a real film yeah um, and it essentially seems to be kind of revolving around immigration issues and the, tra- the trailer came out just as Al- uh, Alabama was it I think um, passed a whole load of slightly dubious immigration laws which everyone's a little concerned about um, but yeah it's, it's kind of essentially an exploitation action movie with uh, all the stuff that you expect from Rodriguez and yep. Tarantino style stuff yeah well there's loads of stars in it it's introducing Don Johnson uh, yep. Robert De Niro's in it mm-hmm. Steven um, Seagal yeah it, it just looks pretty awesome Brilliant, it, yeah. Right? Yeah. the yeah. cast is remarkable actually I'm not entirely sure how you managed it Jessica Alba as well um, yeah it, look, it looks enormous fun and there's there's a line at the end of the trailer which we can't really repeat on the podcast uh, we can repeat most of it uh, well, do we want to, though? Because it's so good. I think people should go and watch the trailer and discover it for themselves. Yes, do that. Yes, absolutely. And make sure it's the first trailer they released, because I don't think it's in the other trailers. But yes, good stuff. Anyway, so, um, Gertie for that one. Uh, That's quite... Smiley face, but with grinning teeth. Yeah, I'm going to give it a smiley face, but with like a Mexican moustache. Excellent. Okay, um, so of all of those then, Simon, which of the uh, which of the films are you most likely to see? Um... Well, I'd probably see quite a few of them to be honest but if I had to pick one it would be Machete I think yeah Machete uh, as well it looks me. like a great fun film but it's also the best trailer because the yeah. trailer perfectly captures what the film is trying to do hopefully uh, yeah I hope <laughs> <laughs> this is all a lie <laughs> ok so that's the trailer part and now uh, we'll go on to our feature presentation yes uh, which is the review of Predators yes which is well Predator has a slightly complex history film wise and whether you count this as the third in a trilogy or the first proper sequel or the sixth film or something. Yeah, because like yeah, obviously we had the original Predator back in 87. 87. Then Predator 2 came With Arnie, of course, isn't it? Yes. and Jesse the Body Ventura, a popular... And Carl uh, Weathers. Wrestler. Yes. Uh, and, of course, that was followed up by Predator 2, which was completely different. Not set in the jungle, set in the city with Danny Glover. Not as successful, but no. it still has its own but, but, merits. Yeah, but it was still like a proper Predator sort of film, wasn't yes. it? Yes. And at the end of Predator 2, there's a sequence where they cross over into the Alien franchise. It's a kind of throwaway joke, but then the people that own the franchises thought, that's a good idea, let's make some more money. Um, resulted in a whole load of comics, which were quite good, and then more recently resulted in the Aliens versus Predator films, which were less good. I've seen about 20 minutes of the first one, and that was enough. Well, it wasn't really. the second one done by the special effects guys from the first one or something like that something, some, something, something bizarre like that, that yes. happened. Um, who seem to have the love but perhaps not the uh, yeah. ability necessarily anyway so Predators takes us straight back pretty much into as if you're watching the original Predator film yeah it kind of pretends that all the other sequels didn't happen which is very good of them yes um, yeah so the film starts with a ragtag bunch of soldiers Mercenaries from different countries. Yeah, you're not entirely sure what the no. connecting tissue is between all, them. All sort of discovering that they've been dropped into what turns out to be an alien jungle. But it did feel very much like you're watching Predator again. Yes. Um, it's, it's not giving it too much away. I mean, the film's called Predators, uh, for example. Um, so they then find that they've been dumped on this planet by some predators and are there to be hunted. And that's pretty much the premise of the film. Yeah. And it's about them trying to survive and defeat the people that are hunting them. Predators. The, yeah, predators. They're mm. people too. Oh, no. And, not uh, those sort of 
Jaws. Mandibles. Yeah, not very nice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, basically it's about them trying to escape. So, essentially, the plot is exactly the same as the first Predator film, uh, just with a slightly different setup of characters and location. Um, so, yes, that, that, it, what did you think? I really liked it. Yeah, I um, thought it did exactly what I expected it to do, which yeah. in some cases can be bad because sometimes you want some surprises, but in this particular case, I just wanted another Predator film. Yeah. Some some good points about it were you got into the action pretty much straight away. There, there was no sort of hanging around. I mean, luckily, because you had all Predator before in the original film, and you're just getting dumped straight into the action. Yeah, although I, have to, I think that was somewhere where it almost made a misstep because it took a good half an hour of the characters wandering around going, where are you? What's going on? Who's doing this? And every single person in the audience is going, well, it's a Predator. And they continue trying to figure it out and thinking about it. And we're sitting there going, no, no, it's a predator. Um, and there's that kind of presenting it as a mystery when it absolutely wasn't a mystery. Yeah. And I, wasn't, uh, they, I think they lingered on that a little uh, too I, 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 well, I didn't mind that too. I didn't seem to take too long from mm-hmm. my seat. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just wanted to get on with the, uh, the oh, okay. cloaking and shooting and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, which, um, Once it gets to it. Yeah, which, which fans of Predator will be glad to know there is plenty of cloaking and shooting going on. Um, it's very well directed what, what was we were discussing after seeing the film Simon was very impressed with the almost lack of CGI in the film yeah um, there's a few early on bits which kind of got me a little worried I thought it was going to go down the big CGI creature route but once it kind of gets that out of its system almost it seems to be entirely proper practical suits like in the original and some, yeah. some really good stunts um, yeah, stuntmen in monster costumes, yeah. gut barging each other, yeah. um, explosions, people falling over waterfalls. Yes, and that was really refreshing because there's been a few films recently, like Indy Four, where the people making it sort of claimed they were going to make it in the old-fashioned way and have proper stuntmen and this kind of stuff, and, and then you saw it in the very first shots, like a CG chipmunk. Um, whereas with Predators, they seem to have actually stuck to their guns and yeah. made a proper old-fashioned film. And that kind of went through the whole thing. It felt like a 1980s movie to me. Yeah, yeah. so a big thumbs up there to the director Nimrod Antal. Yes, and uh, talking of Robert Rodriguez earlier, he was the producer on this and also wrote the original script. It's something he's been trying to get made for, well, since he first appeared on the scene a good 15 years ago or so. Um, so, yeah, he's finally managed to do it. And you can tell it's made by people who like the original. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think it's as good as the original. It's not quite as tight as that, and the original is such a piece of its time. You know, it's like the perfect 1980s kind of movie with Arnie and Carl Weathers, and like we were saying earlier, um, this is slightly different. The, the cast is more modern. You don't just have a load of muscly people. Um, they've kind of got a bit more diverse there, but yeah. yeah, works well. Adrian Brody, I thought did a good job. Not the most obvious bit of casting there, but. He clearly worked hard <laughs> yeah. to, to get slightly larger than normal. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Um, uh, I think all the way through, good. I think what I really liked about it as well was it didn't take itself too serious. Yeah. And then as a result, you're able to go along with some of the. Um, um, the leaving the, all your logic behind as to what goes on. Like, you know, how do weapons suddenly reappear after they. Uh, got washed over a waterfall I'm sure they would have lost them all but, yeah, you know, exactly. you're, willing to, you're willing to go with that and seemingly infinite amounts of ammunition yeah. and things yeah. like that but, but all, all that stuff you know, you're know, you willing willing to go with because it, the film isn't trying to be too up its own backside yes it, it has a sense of humour about stuff but in a particular way that it's not taking the piss out of it it's not um, kind of ridiculing itself which is what a lot of these movies do like you look at Transformers for example particularly Transformers 2 
it's not so much that it has a sense of humor rather than it's almost like it's embarrassed by itself and it's kind mm-hmm. of kind of ridiculing itself as you're watching it which in turn feels like it's ridiculing you for watching it you know? yeah whereas this very much respects the material uh despite its kind of b-movie heritage um but at the same time, it knows exactly what it is. Yep. And I think that was its strength. The people making this movie clearly knew what they wanted to make. They knew, they understood what made the original Predator good and just went straight and for I t- that. I spoke about this before as well. What was refreshing was the fact they decided not to do it as a reboot or a reimagining or mm. going back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. This is very much um, acknowledging the fact that what happened in Predator actually happened. Yes. Um, there's yeah, even some mention of it in, in, in the film. And it's nice to see that People, filmmakers are able to continue a legacy yeah. without having to reinterpret it and put their own badge in it. Which, yeah, um, they've kind of updated it for modern audiences, but without losing what originally made it good. Yeah. And there seems to be a lot of cynicism with, the, with these films these days, which is that something that was great in the sort of you know seventies or eighties, the filmmakers or the, maybe the producers assume that people won't like it now. Yeah. Which is why they always do these reboots and have to start all over and sort yeah. of steal what people liked about it and rework it in horrible ways. Um, but that's not the case here, which is great. I um, also have to make a special mention of the music, which kind of backs up the point we're just making, which is, um, I'm not sure who composed the music for the new one, but it's very much in the style of the original, uh, which was done by Alan Silvestri, which is one of the best scores of the 80s. Yeah. And as I mentioned to you on the way out, I, I didn't actually notice the music, and that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I, I said it's a good thing, insofar as the music's not taken away to what's happening in the film. It's just all part of the film, and you're not sort of start to analyse the component parts of it. You're just watching the film as, as a, an all-in-one spectacle, um, and just going with it. Yeah, yeah. Re- really, really enjoyable. I mean, don't go in expecting something that it isn't, it's very much in in the sort of mould of the original and it's not trying to do anything particularly yeah. new. It's, it's not the best film ever, it's probably yeah. not the best film of the year, but it's a, a good a good way to spend a couple of hours um, being entertained, especially if you're a fan of Predator and those yeah. ilky sort exactly. of films. Um, and, you know, as long as you haven't built up Predator to be something magical and the best film ever made in your kind of nostalgic memory, yeah. then I Not think... that we'd ever do anything like that. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I just felt like Predators knew what it wanted to do and, and just got on with doing it. Yep. So, all in all, Predators, yeah, big thumbs up. Definitely. Uh, well worth a watch. And probably at the cinema. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think right. it's a good example of very sort of efficient filmmaking and that, you know, I think for people that maybe are interested in filmmaking, it's a good exercise in doing quite a lot with not that much because budget-wise, it was very small compared to like most summer blockbusters. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that brings us to the end of this week's episode. I say weeks, you never know, you might do another one sometime soon. Hopefully we will. Um, of Spiffing Review. Um, we're going to aim, uh, I think we said this before, we're going to aim to try and get back on track. Um, with fortnightly releases. With for, fortnightly That's releases, the plan. hopefully. And I think next time we will we'll be, be taking a look at Inception. Yeah, next time as well will also be our first anniversary of doing Spiffing Review. Really? If we actually get around to doing it in the next two weeks. Excellent. Well, thank you very much to everyone that's been listening from the start. That is much appreciated. And if you've joined us more recently, then that's also really great. If you want to contact us to let us know what you think about our reviews or ask any questions... There's three ways of doing so. You can follow us on Twitter, which is just at Spiffing Review, or you can email us at simonandwayne at spiffingreview.com, or you can go to the website, which is just spiffingreview.com. So, until next time, it's goodbye! Goodbye!